My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. We can all get these symptoms from time to time. But if you or a loved one notice you're getting a combination of them regularly, don't ignore it. They could be signs of a brain tumour. My headache won't go away. I get blurry vision. My balance is awful. I'm exhausted. To learn more about the common signs of a brain tumour, search Better Safe Than Tumour. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brain Tumours, the podcast where we'll be talking to people who've been affected by a brain tumour diagnosis, either their own diagnosis or the diagnosis of a loved one. We'll also be sharing news and updates from the Brain Tumour Charity about what we're doing to halve the harm and double survival. Hi and welcome back to the third in the Spotlight series for the Brain Tumour Charity. As you know, a cure can't wait. And the brain tumour charity are moving further and faster to help every single person affected by brain tumour. In each episode, we meet a different member of staff and look at what their role is and how they're working to help half the harm that brain tumours have on people with the diagnosis. Today we meet Fiekra and we talk about the Brian app. We talk about what Brian is and how it can help you on your brain tumour journey. So can you start by telling us a bit about you and what your role is? Well, my name is Fikra and I joined the charity as their CTO back in March 2019. Um, I came on board to build Brian and uh, my background is IT development. It has been sort of all my life, but in areas like banking and fund management and fintech and loyalty. And things like that. So obviously I had to come up with a pretty steep learning curve when it came to this area. Could you tell us a bit about what Brian is and where the concept and idea came from? Brian is an app and a web app, but it's worth pausing on what the vision was for Brian. And that vision predates me. It was Sarah Lindsay's vision, the former CEO of the charity. And what she had in mind was to create an environment where people could share information with each other so they could make better informed decisions about their own healthcare. But she also then wanted to be able to create an environment where we could gather patient-reported outcome measures from patients. And to be able to co-mingle that with national data sets, which we've obtained from NHS Digital, and to then also create a place where people can store all the information about their treatments, their appointments, their medications, their side effects, in that one safe, secure place. And then finally, for us to be appointed data dissemination to researchers, because we know the hoops that we had to jump through to get access to data. The, the REC approval, the DSPT approval, the IGARD approval, you know, being assessed by NHS Digital as to whether we were appropriate recipients of data, uh, whether we could be trusted to use that data. And we wanted to make that process of getting data out to researchers easier so that getting access to data would never again be an impediment to people being willing to do research in this area. So it's an app. Brian's also a web app, but it's also a big data project as well. And where are we with the development of the, the program and the support that Brian offers? So there is always seems there's like there's a bit more to do with Brian, but certainly uh, in terms of what we've done so far, we launched the Brian web app back in September 2019, and then we put the app in the app stores in December 2020. And that app and web app are being used by patients, by carers, by guardians, and by healthcare professionals as well. And we've got about four, sorry, about 5,000 users on Brian now. And there are lots of different features within Brian. And I suppose some of the most used features within Brian 
is the quality of life check-in. The quality of life check-in is something that people can do quite quickly within the Brian Apple web app. It allows them to record how they're feeling physically, cognitively, what they feel their memory is like, how fatigued they are, how they're feeling emotionally, and then record any symptoms they have and severity of the symptoms and to record notes about how they're feeling on that day. So we've got about 24,000 of those call check-ins from people using Brian. So it's it's a well-used feature within Brian. We also, by the way, use validated questionnaires within Brian, and we've got just under 2,500 ERTC validated questionnaires within Brian. Brian affords people the opportunity to record information about their appointments and their treatments and their medication and their side effects, just as, as, as Sarah had envisaged. Uh, we've also built something in called Challenges within Brian. And again, this is a very extensively used feature. We've got about 10,000 challenges completed by people within Brian. There's four challenges within Brian. The first one is the selfie challenge. And the selfie challenge allows somebody to take an image of themselves. And then we take that image from the app, bring it through to our cognitive AI service, and then we do an analysis of that image that allows us then to do some very fine-grained measurements on that image by analyzing it. The second one then is a speech challenge. Um, with the speech challenge, what we've done is we've parsed in little snippets of Alice in Wonderland to get over copyright challenges. And we then present the user with a little snippet of Alice in Wonderland, and we ask them to record themselves reading that piece of text. And they get shown a new piece of text every time we go to that challenge. We then take their rendition of that little snippet of Alice in Wonderland. We bring it back into, again, our cognitive AI service, we do a speech-to-text conversion of their rendition, and then we compare that to the original text, and that allows us to do some error reporting. Uh, and then we also do things like build metrics on jitter and shimmer and pitch and various other things you can do with voice analysis. And then there's also, within Brian, a stability challenge. The stability challenge asks a user to move a site over a target and to hold that site over the target for 20 seconds. And we basically just use the accelerometers on the device to give the user that challenge. And the last one we call the snap challenge. The snap challenge is, is basically a challenge whereby we show the user one image, we show them another image, and we ask them whether the image is the same or different from the previous image. All that data, by the way, is being fed into studies that we're conducting with Matt Williams and Imperial. And they're designed to help us try and say something new and different about disease recurrence and disease progression. Another feature within Brian, which is, is more and more being used, is the Navigator. The Navigator asks the user to make a declaration as to where they are in their pathway by answering just two questions. And then that allows us to show that user context-sensitive help in relation to their declaration in terms of things that they might want to do, actions they might want to take, questions they might want to pose, etc. We also have things like clinical trial finder and benefits finder within Brian as well. And we've also, by the way, built integrations into things like Fitbit and Google Fit and Apple Health. So we can take all of your wearable data, your sleep data, your resting heart rate, etc. And we show that on the same graph that we show the quality of life. So those, those are some of the features that we built within Brian. But we've still got more to do. We want to build a seizure tracker within Brian. And we're also building a questionnaire builder in Brian. And we're building something we're calling ThinLink, which will make it easier for trialists to say what data they want to gather from people using Brian, but also make it easier for patients using Brian to say whether they want to, to um, provide their data to that particular trial. So everything we do within Brian is guided by a number of groups of people. One is our Brian Champions. 
O'Brien champions are a group of academics and medics and people either living with a brain tumor or caring for somebody with a brain tumor. And we tend to speak to them on a quarterly basis, dominantly on a strategic level. We're then blessed with our young ambassadors group. And our young ambassadors give us wonderfully important, candid feedback in terms of what works, what doesn't work, what's useful, what's intuitive, what's accessible. And we would not be able to build Brian without being able to get access to that input. Then we also have a clinical advisor to Brian in the form of Matt Williams. He has a say in, in some of the things that we do. And we're also blessed by people like Professor King from King's, who has been a great friend to Brian and a staunch advocate of Brian from the very, very outset. And of course, to our own project board that has a big say in it. So there's still more to do. And, and we're now, by the way, just starting to, to look at using Brian in other disease areas. Thankfully, Brian was being very well received. We presented it to an AMRC Life Art meeting, and uh, we've recently put it through to something called the Orca Review, which is uh, an organization that review medical apps in the UK. Delighted to say we've got 91% on that, which puts us as the number one ecology app in the UK, and I think number six overall. So there's quite a bit of interest in about, about using Brian in other therapeutic areas, so we're pursuing that right now. So that's kind of a you know ten thousand foot view of where we are on the development of Brian, what we've got done. And I loved what you said there about it allows patients to track their journey and how they're feeling. Because I know when I've been through that myself, it's been hard to keep a track of when I've had like a symptom or how I can tell that to my doctor in yeah. the most effective way. So I guess it's a useful tool for for people who are newly diagnosed or even who go to their doctor and say this happened on this date. That yeah. gives that factual record. It's one of the powerful bits of feedback that we heard from one of the young ambassadors. You know, that, that you know, if you're seeing your consultant maybe once, twice, three times a year, the pressure to be able to summarize yourself to your consultant in an already pressured meeting in the space of 15 minutes and to be able to summarize how you've been across those, those dimensions of physical well-being, emotional well-being, fatigue, memory, etc., is really challenging. And so, again, one of the things that we still need to be able to do is find a way to make it easier for people to effectively create an explanation of how they've been, not only for, for the people, but to themselves as well. So they gain perspective of what's going on. So that's something that we continue to work with CNSs on how we actually do that, how best we can provide that perspective. And you mentioned briefly that you, you partner with some people to, once the data has been collected, to, to offer that information to them so that they can yeah. use it in practice. What does that look like and how does that help patients in the long term? Yeah, so as mentioned, Brian is is also a data project. We take a, quite a bit of data into Brian. So we've got data from Manishas Digital, and that's no mean feat itself. We've, we've got data from Manishas Digital, and it's just under 18 million records relating to 150,000 people who've had brain tumors in England over the course the last 11 years. We take four different data sets from NHS Digital. They're all under something called the HEST data set, the Hospital Event Statistic data set. So we take the admitted patient care data set, we take the critical care data set, outpatient and A&E data set. We also then take the DIDS and civil registration information from NHS Digital as well. We've got a roughly equivalent data set from Public Health England and we've just got access to the SAIL database in Wales and we've also now just got access to aggregated data for Northern Ireland and for Scotland. All that data has to be wrestled into a format 
that we can use. It all has to be staged, referenced, made accessible to insights. And all those insights are then built into Brian. And they're available to anybody who signs up to Brian. And, you know, people don't realize it, but there is no cost to anybody in terms of in accessing what's in Brian. And so those insights are used by patients, they're used by carers, they're used by healthcare professionals, they're used by researchers as well. But we have a whole variety of different research insights within Brian, all predicated on that data, those national data sets. Uh, we have, for example, an insight called comorbidities and that allows us to identify other conditions that were detected in people's records before and after their, their diagnosis. We have an insight called incidents on a map, and that allows us to show by local authority the absolute number and percentage of population of people within that local authority who have had brain tumors and to be able to actually show that over each year data that we have. We have data on scans and surgeries being performed by NHS Trust. And depending on the quality of the data and the data the source of the data, we can sometimes apply filters to that data that allow us to bring that down to you know, a particular brain tumor type, a particular grade of brain tumor, a particular age range of people that we're looking at, and the gender of people that we're looking at. So there are some powerful insights within Brian that we've made accessible to everybody. One of the other things that we've built within Brian is something called Eurograph. And Eurograph allows you to decide as the patient or the care what you want to graph. And so you can choose to graph how you're feeling and how you're doing physically, cognitively, memory-wise, etc., fatigue-wise. Plot that against your treatments and your appointments and when you last had a seizure and when you last had alcohol and, you know, what your wearable data is saying as well. Because remember, we've, we've linked this into Fitbit so we can actually link all that data in and show that on the graph. And the user then can decide what they want to see, what they where they want to look for correlations, what they want to follow. So that's one of the other um, uses of data. We're passing data out to Imperial as part and parcel of the, all the challenge data is going across to Imperial. We're passing data, we're using Brian as part and parcel of the Brain App trial being run by Imperial as well. We're working on a project to pool image data from Imperial and from King's as well. And we hope that will be the genesis of a project that will encourage all the brain tumor centers across the UK to pool image data with us as well. And we're also then looking to share data with Paul Brennan up in Edinburgh. So um, we've got more work to do in terms of disseminating data, disseminating data out to researchers, but that's the reason why Brian exists. Actually make to satisfy that desire to be able to share data. So yeah, more work to do on that as well, but making some good progress. And finally, how can people participate in Brian and support what it's, it's doing? So yeah, a, a great question. So I think certainly signing up to Brian as a patient or as a carer or as a healthcare professional, uh, sharing your data and adding your voice is is a really huge help to what Brian is all about. And then other things I'd say is is that we started doing outgoing calls to new users of Brian just to help them get familiar with the app as quickly as possible and to help them get comfortable with the various features in Brian because there's quite a bit in Brian. So, you know, having somebody say, you know, there to answer your questions, to show you something else you can do within the app. We've decided it's something that's going to help people start to use Brian more. And, you know, we're always looking for volunteers who actually can start to make those outgoing calls for us. You know, we provide all the support and the training to actually help people do that. But that's that's another area where people can get involved. And join the Young Ambassadors and join our Brian Champions. All those are ways that, um, that people can get involved. And of course, the other thing that they can do is when they sign up to Brian, there's a contact us facility within Brian. You know, talk to us. Keep telling us what you like, what you don't like, what makes sense, what you think is absolute rubbish. And uh, we'll keep listening. Great. Thank you for joining me today. Pleasure, Janice.
Whether you've been diagnosed with a brain tumour or a family member or friend has, Brain Tumour Charity are there to help. For more information, call 0808-800-0004. That's 0808-800-0004. Or visit thebraintumourcharity.org for all the latest information and updates. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you'd like more information, you can visit our website at thebraintumourcharity.org or email our support team at support at thebraintumourcharity.org. And finally, before you go, if you enjoyed this podcast, please can you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so we can reach more people and raise more awareness. I'm Tamsin and I work in the individual giving team at the Brain Tumor Charity. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with a brain tumour and are worried about your finances, the Brain Tumor Charity's Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, run in partnership with Citizens Advice, is here to help you. Our expert advisors can help you access the financial support you're entitled to, as well as give advice on how to make the most of your money. To make an appointment with our Benefits and Money Advice Clinic, Visit our website at thebraintumorcharity.org slash money or call our support team on 0808 800 0004.